0: We would take the business and divide it into three parts. So the before unit, the during unit, and the after unit. And the during unit is the part of the business that does what it is that you do. So your capacity and ability to install a new garage door. If somebody called you up and said, hey, can I get a new garage? You've got the team, you've got the knowledge, you've got the ability to go out there and do it that's the during unit and they pay you and that's great. Now the sides of that, the before unit is like we treat it like a separate business. We treat it like an independent unit of your business who acts like a supplier to your during unit. That's the way to think about it. Okay. Is think about setting up a business that's a supplier to your during unit. What they're supplying is people who want to Get a garage. Yeah. So they find people, educate them, motivate them, make an offer, and they say yes. And then you go into the during unit and you do the job. Now, where most people, most businesses fall down is they leave it at that. They go, now they go back and they try and find somebody new again. Instead of, you know, they shake hands, they leave, everybody's happy, and they never contact them again.
1: service agreement.
0: Yeah. And so now the after unit, of the business is everything that you do to nurture lifetime relationships with people and orchestrate referrals.
2: Welcome to the Home Service Expert, where each week, Tommy chats with world-class entrepreneurs and experts in various fields, like marketing, sales, hiring, and leadership, to find out what's really behind their success in business. Now, your host, the Home Service Millionaire, Tommy Mello. Before we get started, I wanted to share two important things with you. First, I want you to implement what you learned today. To do that, you'll have to take a lot of notes, but I also want you to fully concentrate on the interview, so I asked the team to take notes for you. Just text NOTES, NOTES to 888-526-1299. That's 888-526-1299, and you'll receive a link to download the notes from today's episode. Also, if you haven't got your copy of my newest book, Elevate, please go check it out. I'll share with you how I attracted and developed a winning team that helped me build a $200 million company in 22 states. Just go to elevateandwin.com forward slash podcast to get your copy. Now let's go back into the interview.
1: All right, Dean Jackson, thank you for taking Bobby, the time. I'm this is awesome. So we sitting down with Joe Polish, Nevin Carmichael, and they're like, listen, we can help you with events, a 25K group, genius And I've always listened. I love marketing. So this is great. I happened to be in Orlando speaking at a car washing expo. And then I had to go look at the DeLorean. Got an 81 DeLorean, getting it all done up. Get the flux capacitor, (laughs) capacitor, flux capacitor. capacitor, And yeah. But Dean Jackson, he's an expert in marketing, sales, lead generation. He's 45 minutes from here in New Haven or Winter Haven. The co-founder of 90 Minute Books. Owner of new information. Dean found love with marketing as a young boy when he first realized that selling stuff on commission was an easier way than renting himself out by the hour for a regular job. That's right. He's never looked back since. (laughs) Dean carried that this taste for the real work into his adult life and focused on a lifestyle-centered approach to business using marketing as the ultimate lever of a life of freedom and fun. He's the co-creator of I Love Marketing and re, or co-host, other marketing along Joe Polish. You're often known to be the Buddha of marketing. It's funny. I mean, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Uh, tell everybody a little bit about what your history is. And, uh, well, you... I
0: started out as a real estate agent. I started out in Canada, just outside of Toronto in Halton Hill. And I really started discovering marketing from my own business. Like I was, yeah, I started out cold calling, doing cold calls, like Everybody, uh, you know, I was 21 years old and didn't know what the business was all about. But they said, well, you got to prospect, got to, you know, get out there and grind. So I was doing all the cold calls and it was working. I was good at it. And the thing that I discovered very quickly was that it was like a hamster wheel. You know, as soon as I stopped making the cold calls, the leads stopped coming. Right? You have to manually crank it to make it work. And as I started making more money, I started thinking, well, I shouldn't, I wanna use some of my money now to really leverage myself here a little bit. And so I started thinking, well, I'll do some personal promotion. So I'll do start to get my name out there. So I started, you know, doing all these, you know, institutional image kind of ads, branding things. And I was spending a lot of money. I was getting a lot of recognition. But at the end of the day, it wasn't really turning into. It converting into wasn't money. converting into more business. And then I discovered direct response marketing. And I discovered the a book called The E Myth to Michael, Michael Gerber. Gere. Right. Yeah, and then I got to meet Michael later. But I got that on a really deep level like the idea of working on your business yes. instead of in the business and doing it in a way that you could duplicate it 5,000 times. So. And at the same time, I started learning about direct response. So I went to work on a system of how can I get leads to come in without me, in a leveraged kind of way. So instead of focusing on getting my name out there, I started focusing on getting my prospects names in here. That's a far more valuable proposition. And so I started doing that. I created a guide to Halton Hills Real Estate Prices, where I live. And it was such a great system. I'd run it in the newspaper uh, or in the real estate magazines. And in Toronto, there's like called the Greater Toronto Area. So I was in one of the suburbs. Okay. And it was somewhere where like people would live there and they'd work in the city and take the train, kind of like Connecticut to right. New York, kind of. Got thing. It. And so I started running that guide. And so generating all this business, I wasn't doing anything. The leads were coming in. I was sending them information on. I had a guide that showed all the house prices and stuff, and it blew up. And then I started because I created it in a way that I could duplicate it. When I started. Was this? this was in 1991. 91, okay. three years into my real estate, uh, you know, doing the cold calling, doing the first level promotion, and then I hit on the direct response and the franchise prototype kind of model. And then I licensed that system that I created. I did a guide called Toronto and Beyond, 40 Great Places to Live Within an Hour of the City. And I licensed my system to one realtor, each of the 40 areas. Oh my gosh. So that was my first start in kind of duplicatable marketing, right? That I I was hooked on it from then. And then I teamed up with a gentleman from California, Joe and that marketing approach he already had a big coaching company for real estate agents and we for 15 years together we built that into one of the biggest coaching companies for real estate agents and along that way I learned all of the things that I was learning now about marketing a business that helps realtors market their business were things that were transferable to all cut to everything, yeah. And that's how Joe and I met. Joe Polish and I met 1997, and he was doing the same thing. He was for carpet or carpet cleaning. That's exactly right. Yep. And so all the stuff when we in 2010 then launched. I love marketing. It was coming from that foundation mm-hmm. of real world marketing, now adapted to online mm-hmm. and all the principle based base. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, all our, our eight profit activators yep. that we talk about and the idea of breaking a business into the before unit, the during unit, and the after unit, those were all things that are durable contexts. You know, that was true 30 years ago, and it's going to be true 30 years from now. The only thing that changes is the technology and the methodologies that we have available to love that. Yeah,
1: to uh, do all of that. So... Lots of questions here. First, I know you know Dan Kennedy. I do. That's and I it. love Mark. It's uh, No BS. He wrote all the No BS. Yes, exactly. About uh, direct marketing. Yeah. And in his book, he mentions yes. that you don't have to, marketing to the affluent and other great. Mm-hmm. But he says there's no marketing that shouldn't be direct marketing. You right. can get it That's off exactly. of a film board. Yeah. You can get it off of a TV commercial, yes. radio. Yes. And that's it. So Joe and I sort of met because
0: of that world. That's how we met through the Dan Kennedy world. And when we did our first big I Love Marketing conference, he's the only speaker we had. We had Dan come and
1: speak at our uh, event. So back in the day when I was mowing lawns, I had to be 14 years old. I used to listen to Tom Hopkins. Oh, yeah.
0: And Get that was seem to
1: be a big realtor. Prospecting.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was where I learned. I mean, my manager of the uh, Royal LePage office where I started out. In the time between getting your license and getting the actual certificate that allows you to now sell, he gave me free reign of his real estate library, which was two books. There was a book by Tom Hopkins and another one by Danielle Kennedy, which was the same basic thing. Make your calls. Every yes or every
1: no gets you closer to the yes. Count the no's. Just count the no's, yeah. Yeah, so let's go through those. Uh, this podcast is mostly directed for home service. Okay. But it's going outside of home service, but you know, garage doors, everybody's got one. It's 40% of your curb appeal. It's the number one ROI in the home. Six <laughs> years in a row, remodel magazine, more than your kitchens or bathrooms. Is that right? Wow. We trademarked the smile of your home. What does the garage door cost these days? You know, they range, you know, where our average door sells over five grand, but mm-hmm. you know, when you start getting into nice garages, I try to advertise to people with more than one garage. Yeah. And most people, we sell more garage doors in service, being mm. the garage door, because it's old, mm-hmm. it's not insulated. Mm-hmm. And when we show people what it'll look like with the new garage on mm-hmm. the home. So 40% of our revenue comes from garage replacement. Mm-hmm. The rest of it comes from service. Mm. Yeah.
0: So that, that works out perfectly. Like if I were looking at overlaying our yeah, your methodology. model on this, that we would take the business and divide it into three parts. So the before unit, the during unit, and the after unit. And the during unit is the part of the business that does what it is that you do. So your capacity and ability to install a new garage door. If somebody called you up and said, hey, can I get a new garage? You've got the team, you've got the knowledge, you've got the ability to go out there and do it that's the during unit and they pay you and that's great. Now the sides of that, the before unit is like, we treat it like a separate business. We treat it like an independent unit of your business who acts like a supplier to your during unit. That's the way to think about it. Okay. Is think about setting up a business that's a supplier to your during unit. What they're supplying is people who want to Get a garage. Yeah. So they find people, educate them, motivate them, make an offer, and they say yes, and then you go into the during unit and you do the job. Now, where most people, most businesses fall down is they leave it at that. They go, now they go back and they try and find somebody new again. Instead of, you know, they shake hands, they leave, everybody's happy, and then they never contact them again. Yeah,
1: service agreement.
0: Yeah. And so now the after unit Of the business is everything that you do to nurture lifetime relationships with people and orchestrate referrals they've all got their own metrics they've all got their own ways of measuring so that we know how the health of it is doing right you know where you're looking at one of the things we measure in the after unit is return on relationship so i treat this idea of I would call it like garages garage doors under management is that's the way you kind of think about it, that you think about how many garage doors do you have under management and treat it like the asset that it is for people. And that if anything ever goes wrong with it, that you're going to get that business. But also if anybody needs a new garage, who knows the person that you've done the garage or that they're going to immediately
1: think of you and say, you need to call you call you guys. I love this stuff. This is like my jam. So, mm-hmm. one of the big things that I've realized when COVID happened mm-hmm. is we got really, really busy. People were spending a lot more time at home. Mm-hmm. And one eight player, I believe, could run circles around three eight players, mm-hmm. literally. And I think we know he's marketing enough, right, for marketing to people mm-hmm. that we want to come work with us. So I hire great personalities, great eye contact, great tonality, mm. big smile to tell a story. Yeah. And they're about relationship, <laughs> relationship marketing. Cody Bateman sent out, I wrote a book, oh, quite a bit of books on that. Uh good friend of mine. And so the people really matter. And who's running that call, who's building the relationships? I mean, I'm getting ready to do some weird things for most people. I'm going to join in every single market to be an eye. Uh-huh. going I have a representative. Yes. We're going to start doing a lot of guerrilla marketing. And one mm-hmm. of the things is influencer affiliate marketing. Mm-hmm. Talk to me. Have you done much with influencer? Like you probably have somebody big well, in Well, like, I think that filter.
0: anybody can be an influencer. I think that's what I try and get people to think about is being an influencer. How are they an influencer? Right? Like, if you you look at, I do a lot of work with real estate agents and you look at, they would be influencers. I get them to think about their clients as you know, homes under management that when somebody moves into a home that now you're there to kind of oversee, you're the one who got them into this asset and that you should be the first person they think of if anything needs to be done with that home, right? I'll tell you, I told you my water heater just burst uh, two days ago. So I'm in the middle of going through that, but it's such a hassle when you're a homeowner and that happens. You're like, now you've, you're the one. It all stops with you. You've got to now figure out who do I call and what do I do? I called my buddy Billy who owns Top Plate Electric. He's got an electric company. They don't do their stuff, but he knows people. Right. He can recommend me. And I look at that as he's an influencer yeah. in that, right? So that's where we need to as uh understand who has influence over right. the homeowners that you're looking for. So I think that you look at the, Realtors like that as influencers, especially I mean there's
1: there's inspectors because they're yes. they're the first ones. What do you do when you go to a you buy a new house? You change yes, the locks. That's exactly You're right. We should change the keypad code, right. so change the transmitter code. Yeah. You should also program your car. It's difficult. We could come out there and do Yeah. That. yeah. We're getting in the flooring and storage. Yeah. So why not have the inspectors yes. tell the client, why not move in? And have all the shelving you need mm-hmm. for Christmas and everything. Do
0: you yeah. do all the other stuff in the garage? Like with we're doing, doing the flooring floor, and the so storage, the, yeah. So there you go. So flooring you know, with storage and the garage door
1: and the mechanicals, all of that. Yeah. I just make it simple. I've also talked to the largest, Joe introduced me to the largest, one of the largest Ford dealerships, South okay. Cut. And I said, How big of a pain in the butt is it when they call you guys to try to figure out the home? Yeah. Up? Oh, I'm wow. Like, Why don't you just let me go out there, give me 99 bucks? And then I'll give them a present from the dealership. Mm-hmm. And then I'll put a QR code right above the opener. And when, every time you need a service, just mm-hmm. QR code and mm-hmm. boom it. Mm-hmm. How much time and energy does that save? Yeah,
0: super smart.
1: I uh, yes. I'd be curious. You know, I've seen a lot of I Love Marketing. I've been through Piranha Marketing. I love marketing. I even do the Valbacks. Uh, located of, yeah. in Sarasota. Yeah. Uh-huh. And we've got a really good ROI. People on. think, the,
0: yeah, this is the kind of thing that people think some of these things are old school. And that, oh, the online, the <laughs> way now. But I'll tell you what, some of these offline things are
1: just so, from an ROI standpoint, they're amazing. What do you think, because right now everybody's, every single home service company seems to be, the last few years is how do I get great people and have more leads than I can And there's a teeter-totter. Mm-hmm. And now it's how do I turn the leads figure back on? What are some easy ways that you would, if you were to start, Let's just go with generic home service company. We mm-hmm. you do garage stores, air conditioning, mm-hmm. plumbing, electrical. Where do you think, other than obviously, you get your website, you get your GMB, you get reviews. Obviously, mm-hmm. those are all easy, good things to do. Mm-hmm. Then your brand, mm-hmm. you get a great brand. And I use DMX, and I even get charge. My brand is beautiful. It says high end, and it's all mm-hmm. clean, and there's not a bunch of crap. But what what are some of the things you would be thinking about? Well, so I ran a painting company in uh, college with a friend,
0: and we started another company we called Name Droppers, where we would send out, uh, this was in Canada, so in the spring and summer is when we were doing all the from Michigan. So oh, okay, you know all about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so seasonal. But in the spring, we'd send out college kids doing you know, neighborhood surveys. We mm-hmm. had a little clipboard with the, the survey forms mm-hmm. and all that stuff. and. We knew that we were looking for people who wanted to do painting, but we knew that if we go and send somebody, if we're going to go out to the door, there's so many other businesses that would love to know. There's so many things that they're going to be doing that are not just painting. So we had a little form where we had, we would just look for people who are doing home improvement projects over the summer. And we had a space for, you know, roofing, siding, windows landscaping driveway decks fencing pool painting was one of the things so we would we turned our lead generation into a profit center that way so you could sell those leads that's exactly what we did and we had a relationship with a pool company that was would give us 10 percent of the pool oh yeah uh referral and so in many cases we would make more on that referral for the pool than we would if we in profit if we painted somebody's insurance right. office. So just thinking about when you think detached and modular, and you think about that, this business—the yes. real thing that you want—is you want people who want to get their garage replaced or get their, you know, garage storage or garage flooring. But those garages are 100% attached to houses. And those houses are 100% attached to people who have relationships with a realtor or have some home service thing. I told my guy, Billy, the electrician guy, I said, I've, for years, I've wanted to have one place, one guy, somebody who takes our home, managed home ownership, I'm calling the category, because there's, you know, for investors and for Property things. There's lots of uh, opportunities for that, but I said I found out with the perfect articulation for what I'm looking for is that I want to live in my house like I'm a guest in your house. I don't want to think about my house. I want to live there, and if anything goes wrong, I just want you to handle it. Hey Tommy, the water heater broke. Come on it. Yep, that's what I'm looking for. You know, rather than having to scramble. If my garage door broke, I wouldn't know who to call. Nothing's ever. I've haven't had to have anything done right. with my garage. I don't have a garage guy. Yep. And uh, so all these siloed people. I look at all the things that I've do. You know, I've had to replace the roof on my house, fifty three thousand dollars roof on my house. I've had, I don't know how many uh, AC units I've had to do and replace between my house and my office. And nobody keeps in touch with me. Nobody builds that relationship with you. what is the the best way to keep in touch? Would you say if you were to, I think you got to understand the value of it first. And you look at the economics of it and you say, most people think about it, that they're very
1: short term oriented. They're thinking Instagram.
0: Yeah, they need that it would be, they think it's a shorter path from finding a new lead, getting a conversion than it is to nurture a relationship with somebody.
1: I forget what you said the number was, but about 40% of your business is, is new. And then we, we're at 17,000 service agreements. Yeah. So we Perfect. show up so, there once a year and lubricate adjust just tighten everything. Yeah. give preferred service, we get yes. some discount. Yes. And that's where building a customer for a while and building yeah. that relationship and going out of your way to make them happy. It's easier to keep their existing customers and they move and they march your service. Yes. So blow their minds. And
0: referrals. Do you focus
1: on orchestrating know, referrals? I mean, you haven't done great at referrals. And I know... In real estate, what is time I would say that the most dearest kindest thing you could do for me is the best compliment. But I think that's did. completely wrong. What is Like the I've most... had that, com- even Ivan Miser,
0: we had Ivan on, uh, I love marketing, the BNI. And I've got a whole philosophy around referrals that you really have to understand why people refer in the first place. And you just said it, that what most people think and they position referrals as you're doing me a favor. Like you're saying... I appreciate your referrals or your referrals are the lifeblood of our business. Right, right, right. All these things, but referral, one thing, for one thing is a fluffy word. doesn't mean anything. And what we really want to have happen is in the moment when there's a referral opportunity that they think about you and they introduce you to the the person they've had the conversation with. Right. So 100% of referrals happen as a result of conversation. And in those conversations, three things have to happen. They have to notice that the conversation is about garages. They have to think about you and they have to introduce you to the person they had the conversation with, not in that tell, not tell them to call you. Yeah. And this is where we say, we instruct people, you know, don't keep us a secret. Tell all your friends about us, spread the word about us. Right. And, Then what happens is they do just that. They're in a conversation. It's about garages. Oh, you should call Tommy. Those guys are great. And then they leave and they think that they've done the right thing. And then you run into them at the grocery store and they say, hey, did my friend Nancy ever give you a call? I was telling her about you. They to get a new garage. No, no, never heard from her. Oh, man. Well, I I thought they had a new garage. I thought maybe you did it. But I tell people about you all the time. And yet, you don't see those people coming in saying, Hey, Nancy told me to give you a call. So, when you get into the position of understanding why people refer, yeah, the real reason we refer anything is to raise our status in the hood. And that's a really freaky thing, but we're genetically, evolutionarily wired to constantly be aware of our position. In the herd, and our modern herd is our top 150. Our group of people that we know, you know, most people are walking around. Most people don't know many people. You know, you think about—we're kind of in a different world that you're exposed to a lot of people, and you're famous, and you've written a book, and everybody knows you got a podcast so A lot of people know you, but most people in the real world, they don't know more than 150 people, and that's been evolutionarily set up for years and years. There's a guy, Robin Dunbar in Oxford, who they've actually called it Dunbar's number because he's the guy that probably did the research on it, that we can only hold 150 relationships in our mind. Meaning, and I say this to people, like if these are the people, if you saw them at the grocery store, you'd recognize them by name and you'd stop and have a conversation with them and you've got a position in their life. right? And the reason that it's set up like that is back when we started playing the cooperation game and started banding together right. to, that we'd be better off if you and I go do the hunting mm-hmm. and the girls stay home and do the cooking and do right but we'd be better off as a group if we all had our you know individual uh, roles kind of thing but they had to limit it to 150 people because for the safety of everybody you had to know and recognize that he's in the herd You're in the herd that if somebody you don't recognize there, that's a threat, right? And so that's why when they got to 150, they would split off and they'd split into two herds and build again to 150, right? And so you see that now in so many companies, they've identified that that's the optimal number of employees in a unit that they'll divide off into other units like that. And when they did a study on Facebook, The average number of friends that most people have is 153. So it fits out every, in every way. Most people, when you really think about it, even if they live in a city of a million people, they're walking around surrounded by NPCs, even non-playing characters. They're just, they know they're 150, their inner circle. They talk to the people they know at work. They talk to their friends. They talk to their family, their neighbors people they do recreation stuff with, and that's it. So they don't have all of that, but they are very influential to those 150 people because we're wired to do it. So
1: how would how do you, when you go to ask for a referral or do the referral, what's the best way to so start try and that? Give them an opportunity to get the squirts
0: of dopamine that raise their status in the herd. So if we were out herding <laughs> and I'm out, hunting and I find a big patch of blueberries and I'm coming back on the trail and I've got this big bundle of blueberries and I see you coming up the trail. I say, Hey, Tommy, there's a bunch of blueberries, the big blueberry patch over that hill. So go get some and we'll have blueberry cobbler tonight or whatever. And you now in that moment, I'm higher status than you because I've added value to the herd. Right. And you're freeloading right now. Right, so you feel this urge to balance the books and prove your value to the herd, just in case we ever needed to call the herd, right? So you might say, well, watch out behind those rocks because I saw a lion over there. Now we're even. So we're wired like this. Like you see, if we were to go to Starbucks and I buy you a coffee, and then tomorrow we go to Starbucks again, you're going to feel the urge to buy me a coffee because I bought last, like you heard all the time. Brass- you Brass- got last time, I got yeah. it. Yeah. And if you don't, it might slip that time. But then if we go again a third day and you don't reach for your wallet to buy the coffee, you're going to, in your mind, there's something up with that. Right. And so we're, everybody is walking around. Nobody has to teach you that. It's the way that we're... It's Robert Shadini. Yes, that's exactly right. All of those things are hardwired. He calls them the click Were response, right? That when I buy you, we keep these balances. So if we were friends in Phoenix, instead of you coming to Orlando, if I knew you're coming to Orlando and I say to you, you know what? You should go to the Celebration Hotel. They got a great restaurant out on the lake. Then we can sit outside. It's fantastic, right? Yeah. Yeah. I would tell you that. Now you're over here. And then when you come back to Phoenix, the next time I see you, I'm kind of looking and waiting to see if you tell me that you went, you took my recommendation, you took my thing. So I'm looking for you to say, oh man, yeah, I went to that celebration hotel. It was a great place. We had a great night. And now I get the sports of dopamine. I puff up because I brought that good thing into your life and now you owe me. Right. We don't say it like that. No. That's the way it works, right? So we look for opportunities to give your clients, your garage doors under management people the opportunity to do that. So one way that it might work out, and you've said you've got a maintenance plan with a priority service and stuff if somebody's on that. What if you extended that level of service to anybody in their inner circle? So if they say not only if your garage door breaks, you get front of the YU service and no service charge to come out. What if you gave them three get-out-of-jail tickets that they could give to their friends so now anybody whose garage door breaks they could say oh yeah here i got you and give them because they're a vip that's going to make them look like a hero and they're going to be very appreciative and it's much easier for people to give a friend than to refer a friend right so they give and in that giving they've referred Right. Because that's the most important thing. You want to know somebody that
1: they know that has a garage door needed. That's really how it works out, you know. So there's the relationship Mm -hmm. and then I'm big on attribution. Right. And I have a buddy of mine. His name is Sae. He works at a a rug company. Mm hmm. And he only—I'm telling you—the designers and the realtors built this whole business. And he's like, it's white carpet, red— <laughs> glug, you know, red carpet, white <laughs> club. <laughs> and he goes, the one thing that I do is I pay them a mark. <laughs> and he goes, I pay it the same way. Like he goes, it's—I built the whole business up of referrals. yeah and that's fantastic. I think
0: that's there's a slight distinction between a business related. I think you should definitely look for strategic business relationships where you can set that up. But that's not going to be the same. That's
1: almost counterproductive in a consumer side. So, I mean, like right now I'm working with a pest control company, mm-hmm. bottom robbers on the garage and I'm going to enjoy a bug and I'm giving them a portion of every time they stuff. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. Yeah. And there's all these B2B mm-hmm. affiliate type stuff, but I've still got to figure out exactly what I should be asking clients. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we gave them, made them raving fans.
0: Well, you think about what we need to think about is reverse engineer what you need to orchestrate. So one of the things that we do on the real estate side, and we do it with other businesses, is you look at what would be the high probability conversations, the high value conversations that you would want to know about that your clients are having. And so we look at it and say, okay, they're going to be in all these conversations. And they're probably going to have, conservatively, let's just say, three conversations a day, hundred conversations a month. Oh, per person that you've got how many garage doors under management? Yeah, Well, there's seventeen thousand service. Okay, oh, we do fifteen thousand jobs a month, so I can't even count that high. But 17,000 times 100 is seventeen thousand times a hundred is one point seven million. Right. So you've got army of people that are having. million conversations a month, okay? Now, if we could plant a chip in the ears of your clients and program it to listen for certain trigger words, and when it hears his trigger words, a alarm goes off and says, oh, referral conversation in sector four. And you could whisper in their ear what to say to turn that into a referral. That would be a pretty valuable technology if we could do that. So how do we do it? First of all, we need to know what are we going to program the chip to listen for? What are the high probability conversations? We start reverse engineering. What are the situations that people are going to be in that these conversations might come on? So somebody says, oh, my garage door broke. That's the most obvious and clear one. Every time that conversation happens, what do we want people to say? How can we Give them, how can we empower them to snap their fingers and things happen so that they look like a stud? They look like they're connected over there. When he snaps his finger, that Tommy even jumps into action, right? He's connected. I love it. And so we look at it that maybe the garage door broke. Maybe it's cracked. Maybe it's making a noise. Maybe it's driving them crazy. Maybe it's sticking. Maybe the I had this happen actually just recently the rope uh, the manual bolt. the manual pull thing bro. I had to we had a hurricane yeah a few months ago I've never had to use the manual thing but I we pulled it and the rope snapped so that was a problem so to reconnect the uh, rope but my garage is packed with stuff and we just had the hurricane where ours is mm-hmm. not but when maybe somebody got water damage on stuff because they had boxes on the floor in the garage and it got wet. So if they had overhead storage for all of this stuff. Yeah, that's a great idea. So you start thinking, what are all these conversations that we can do? And then we send something I call the world's most interesting postcard. And we send it every month. It's just uh, on the front. It's got all kinds of interesting facts on the side, but it's just a carrier, just a carrier for the post-it note looking graphic message on the back that says hey tommy just a quick note at least you hear someone talking about insert high probability conversation mm-hmm. here uh you know and you so you so right, you do so that with realtors we do what well, we do with all kinds of business how much do you guys pay for them uh what do you mean how much do her per mailing piece oh so the mailing pieces cost about 90 cents or One to go out directly to people, like digital variables, so it's personalized to you. But what we do, if we do on the real estate side, hey, Tommy, just a quick note in case you hear someone talking about buying their first house this year. A lot of people use their tax return to tax refund to get, uses a down payment for a house. If you hear someone talking about uh, buying a home, give me a call or text me, I'll get you a copy of my... Six Steps to Homeownership book to give them. It's got all kinds of tips
1: on how to buy a home. So it's like a buyer's guide.
0: Yeah. Or we'd look at it for everything. If Spring market is coming. Here, just a quick note, in case you hear someone talking about selling their house this spring. Spring's right around the corner. Everybody's going to be putting their house on the market. And if you hear somebody talking, give me a call or text me. I'll get you a copy of my How to Sell Your House for Top Dollar Fast book to give them. So now they're not referring, they're giving gifts. They're giving something that positions them as a thoughtful person, and they're going to get some social equity for
1: this. They're going to get some credit for it. Have you ever heard of Marcus Sheridan? Uh, I know the name. Would I they know? asked you answer. He came up with a buyer's guide that comes out and he says it through housing. Yeah. Okay. And then he tells, if they spend more than 20 minutes on this buyer's guide, mm-hmm. the conversion rate goes over 90%. Okay. And he's got more bulls. They New River Fools is booked out for two years. Yeah. And what he does is he knows exactly what they looked at when they, looked at they, yeah. they look at them. They know if they look at financing. They know if they look at builder grade versus perfect top of the line. Yeah, yeah. So we've been trying to do some of these things, but it's there's a lot of opportunities out there. There's a lot of low-hanging fruit. Yeah, I think that's amazing. Like when you look at
0: even just the things that you can do when you look at in the during unit, multiplying things, you know, like every time you go and replace a garage door. We look at when you're there, how many extra jobs does that turn into? I don't know whether you do like the
1: circle things right around it or there. Oh yeah. Neighbors so, or... what you do with the neighbors where we'll look, we're getting into some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. especially with People are say I don't sell things people don't meet. I say I sell things people don't meet all the time. I sell things people want. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, no one needs a new iPhone. No one needs a new car. Right, that's exactly right. Yeah. I think that's just this this old school mentality. Where yeah. It's not broke, don't fix it. But it's going to be broken in six months. If you look at my car, there's a problem that's going to be over the horizon. I mm-hmm. want to know about it and get it fixed so I'm not in the freeway. That's and it. One of the things we have at A1 Garage yeah. Service is a rehash team. And, you know, our conversion rate is only about half of the clients we go to. Mm-hmm. So re-engaging old clients, there's tens of millions of dollars. What would be your best way to kind of reactivate those old leads and app? I think is,
0: looking at it. Yeah, I think that's part of the after unit, right? That's part of the thing is nurturing lifelong relationships. Mm-hmm. So how many of them, when you're doing the garage, the intake part of setting up a new customer should include looking around, like, what are the opportunities? If you just, if you're standing on their driveway and you're looking five houses down and 10 across the street and you're seeing eyeballing how many of them need a right. new garage right that you target that kind of thing right. as a thing there you look at their garage you're doing the garage door but you look inside do they need the flooring done do they need the storage so you're creating these almost like referral profiles like a dentist when a dentist takes on a new client they do the things and exams and they build out every possible thing that they could do nobody's going to do the all of it right now, but you've got a sense of what the potential case value is of the new patient. And if you look at that and say, what well, they've got a garage. Do they need the floor? Do they have the stuff? Those are opportunities that you can start
1: educating and showing those people about. Do you, what's the best way to hit customers? Is it through retargeting? Is it email? Is it texting? Is it mailers? Is it postcards, handwritten letters? There's, yes. it seems like there's a hundred, all of them. Yes. You mm-hmm. want to go all. Yes. You want to look at, first
0: of all, you want to have a baseline communication that there's at least this going out to them. Right. Like you look at, and it's all just looking at the ROI mm-hmm. on it, right? Like you, you look at, you've got a $5,000 value per customer, your average order kind of thing. So, you look at that and how frequent, what's the seven to 10 years. Right. So there you go. So if you just look at that, that in seven to 10 years, they're going oh. to need something else. Yeah. Yeah. Or they're moving to a new house. Oh, in a exactly. Or like yeah. 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 And that's part of the thing is you've got to realize that value of, first of all, we actually call it like a multiplier index. So if you look at, I would call it the garage multiplier index, and I would measure it in your of saying, okay, we did this garage, but did we get these extra points? Meaning if every job comes with the opportunity to get the garage, get the flooring, get the storage and get a neighbor, that's four opportunities that you have and a referral from the homeowner. That's five opportunities that you have right there. And if we look at your last 10 in garage, I would How many you do a day or whatever, but no, 15,000 a month. So wow. Okay. 500 a day. So you look at this as a multiplier and you say, okay, on the last ticket and bundles of a hundred on the last hundred garages that we did, or the hundred that we did today, how many points did we get out of a possible by five? If you take it back over the last 100 and you said, okay, we did the garage. But did we get the flooring? Could we get storage. the storage? Did we get right. another one? Did we get one in the neighborhood? And you measure what that could possibly be. You know, so maybe now that $5,000 job has the opportunity to turn into $10,000 or $15,000 maybe. If you got two referrals for garage doors. And you start to really look at the value of that. That's the first opportunity. And, you know, there's a guy in Las Vegas who was running the MGM Grand, Gamal Aziz is the guy's, uh, name. He took over from the Bellagio. He went to MGM and now he went to Macau. But he came into the MGM Grand and this was one of the most impactful things that I've learned. He came in and he has an approach of looking at all of the components of the business and looking at it and saying, how high is high? Like, what could we be doing here, right? So this is, I'm establishing this As an idea that if you look at, instead of just the one garage door, if our thing is, we could be doing five jobs here on this one thing. Right. And so the way he did that was he looked at all of the income producing things at the MGM, the restaurants, the retail, the gaming, the conventions, hotel rooms, all of it, entertainment. And he started looking at them and said... How high is high? So restaurants was the first thing we looked at. And they had, you know, the biggest hotel in the world, 5,000 rooms. And they had a successful restaurant. They were doing $4 million a year in the restaurant, your main restaurant there. And he would stand in the entry of the hotel every night. And he'd see people getting in limos and actually and they'd say, where are you going? And they said, we're going to Spago or we're going to Nobu or these destination restaurants. And he knew that if we had a destination restaurant in the same footprint that we've got our successful restaurant right now, we could be doing $8 million a year instead of $4 million a year. So he went to the board and he treats that as a loss. He says, we're losing $4 million a year because of our $4 million profit center here. And he said, Got them to agree to rip out the restaurant. He partnered with Mike Amina, opened Knob Hill. First year out, they did $11 million in sales. And so I look at that, I'd say that because I look at your opportunity there and say, on the last 100 jobs you did this month, I would look at it and go as far as create a real metric around it. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. you say, yes, that you say our garage multiplier index and how you calculate it is we look at the last 100 and we say, how many did you get on average out of those five? So you get a possible 500 points on that. Okay. And you look at how many did you get and you count that as your, you divide it by 100 and that's your index. So it could be 1.2, let's yeah, say. 1.2. It, yeah. It, but the goal is to get it to 3.5. Or to get it, and you. I like that, that as a it,
1: leaving metric. What you do is you break down the business into. I love Henry Ford, yes, I love it. As they're right. Yeah, and it's focused. I wanted to ask you return on relationships. Yeah, explain that to me. Yeah, so that's where we look at it. That right now, the one of the assets
0: you have is those. However many people you said are garages under management, the ones people that your sticker is on their door, you put right. in their garage door right now. Let's call it. 20,000 people or whatever. So we got 20,000 people there. Now going into the year, going into next year, this is how we measure your after unit. That 60% of your revenue right now comes from Mm -hmm. those service contracts. That's an after unit attributable metric, right? That's coming from, it's not from the advertising that you did. It's from nurturing lifetime relationships with the people that you have already yep and so we're separating the 40 percent that's new business is attributable to the year before unit right because that's all that it takes a lot of times people measure their advertising success they look at their gross revenue they look at how much they spent and they say as a percentage of the gross revenue this is what we're doing yeah it to the before which doesn't make sense if we treat the after unit here as something separate, remember, we think about these units of the business, Right. our goal for that is to drive return on relationship, meaning how much revenue can we generate per client that we have for per garage under management. And so as a percentage of your revenue, that's what we look at for the return on relationship. Got it. Okay. So you're 20,000 people generated $20 million or whatever the number It'd be a million is. be million dollars, billion in dollars. Yeah. yeah.
1: When it comes to marketing, how do you ensure that your clients are 100% winning before you bid them or ask for their bid? Well, I think that's so many of the things like in a real
0: physical goods type of thing where yeah. you're, they're going to get a garage where you have to really make sure is that their downside is protected that they're going to love the garage that it's going to be working and they are going to be a hundred percent half so you can hedge a lot of that with guarantees because that's what you want you don't want them to have a problem you know and
1: i think that's the big uh it was yeah too t- people want it done now, yeah, on their time, they want it done right, right? And they want it done at a good price, yeah. Try to do all three. I picked and mm-hmm. get it done on their timeline to make sure it's the yes. best quality, right? Exactly. Uh, we're definitely not the cheapest, mm-hmm. right? But uh, those are my clientele, com- right? They have blue, The, Abluen- exactly, the ones right. that just so I just get it back, yeah. That's what they want is the least
0: hassles, right? That's the way I think about any of those home services. I don't want to think about this water heater or any all this repairs. I'm gonna, it's gonna be months to get this all. You know, all the remodeling up now because of it. Yeah.
1: So you of marketing to the affluent. I mean, literally, there are jobs. We did a job in Orlando for 125 grand. It was three rush I could do, you know, we did 160 million. If I had a hundred thousand dollar average stick and I just did think about the hundred thousand, if I just did ten mm-hmm. a million a day, and let's just say three hundred million is out of there, there's three hundred million, it doubles mm-hmm. my business. Yeah. So what would you do to drive more of the affluent? And what, how high can you go? Like, what is the best? No
0: matter what, at any, at the polls, there's going to be somebody who's attracted to that. You remember the Richard Mill just no. Richard, Richard Mill watches. And these watches, I live in, I said, in Toronto mm-hmm. and where we stay there in Yorkville at the Hazleton mm-hmm. Hotel, there was a Richard Mill watch store in there. And there wasn't a single thing in the store under $120,000 now it's a retail store in a hotel in that it was a nice part of of Toronto, but Richard mill started the watch company with the intention of building the very best watch possible. Like engineers. it's the one that Rafa Nadal wears and Bubba Watson wears and Lewis Hamilton and all these like be extreme sport guys with their things. And his intention was, he said, let's build the best watt, the best engineering, the best everything, lightest, most durable stuff, and then figure out what it needs to cost. And then go in, look into set of things. And he found themselves alone in the market in that there's a lot of 30, 50, $60,000 watches. A Rolex, yeah. Their average is 185 at uh, Richard Mio. And so his whole audience is, there's other, there's million dollar watches that are these collector pieces or, but they're so fragile that you got to keep them in temperature controlled things that really are investment pieces. They're not for wearing around like a real durable daily uh, watch thing. And he realized that they found themselves in a market segment that there was really no competition for them. And you think about all the people, like the guy who's got a $20 million yacht. Of course, he's got $185,000 watch or a half a million dollar watch. You figure out they're they're reading out The guy who's got, yeah, six supercars. Of course, he's got another one to wear on his. That's really the position. It was like a (laughs) supercar on your wrist kind of thing. And it's a status symbol. That's what it is. So now you start to think, what would be it over-the-top make the best garage Well, possible? think about this.
1: There's people that pay $250,000 for a tape, mm-hmm. a wood tape. Yes. What if you got that same artist? That's what I'm saying. To build a custom Now artwork. you're, now you're and talking. It was, and then a signature suit. Yes. And we just get with that one yes. individual and now it's a status. So yes, that's exactly say, these are, right. Could people walk through these houses and I like, go, oh, yeah, this is Paul Newman, you know, whatever it might be. Yeah. Make, and this door, could be a signature suit. Yes. Yeah. That's done in a... Her How about like those, fun. like,
0: new appliances now? The new, uh, you go to all these uh, real luxury homes, they've got the twenty, thirty dollars $30,000 range. A nine grand just for my coffee maker. Well, it's a simple, Exactly. But... And the reason that they get those is because it's a status symbol. For me, work, I right? just want to really coffee. Of course you did.
1: Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's outrageous. But that's the thing. Like Birkin bags or, you know, the way you got it because it's... Uh, like, and, and women do this all the time with their purses, Yeah, I mean, and you just got to own it and be. Uh, but that white glove, best, best, best. like, And it's probably a separate brand. Yeah, you want to have it's it called distinct, like. You'd want to make it like uh, Thomas Anthony. You know, right? My last name is Anthony. Ah, there you Anthony. go, yeah, yeah. You know,
0: like the Thomas Oh, you Anthony. got a Thomas Anthony garage. I mean, the Thomas Anthony signature garage. That's why people do it. That's what they warrant. Do you ever watch, uh, do you watch Shark Tank? No, I love yeah. Shark Tank. We were just
1: talked with Joe, it's about Damon. Just,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had Damon on uh, the marketing too, but Kevin, Kevin uh, O'Leary. Kevin O'Leary, I mean, it's, uh, that's a wonderful. Yeah, so he was uh, telling a story about going, he was in France and he went to Hermes and he was trying to buy five ties. So he asked, we get a discount, 20% off, we bought in fives. And the woman looked at him and just, She, of course, she didn't know who he is or anything, but she's like, Why do you want so many ties if you cannot afford them? Why don't you buy one tie and then save your money and come and buy more? That's right. Like, nobody's going to get a discount on these ties, you know? It's so funny, but that's
1: those people, they're not going to be looking for. They don't look for deals. They they don't. And that's what's important. Um, You know, I have 6,200 call tracking. Yeah, that's awesome. My system tells me exactly mm-hmm. attributed her lead mm-hmm. and I get to A-B test different for message. It's perfect. It's fun stuff. And I, you know, I'm just, but I'm in imagine the that. stages of my career. I just, I'm having awesome. a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. What are the best system bon- business owners need to start implementing in their businesses? You get them out of the day-to-day. And like you said, the E-Myth, Michael Gerber was on my podcast. He was in my outfit. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he follows the E-Myth perfectly because I worked with him. Out.
0: Right, exactly. <laughs> but, but, idea guy. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's a great
0: idea. Well, that's part of the thing is getting the, the engine, the core engine to be able to operate without you. That's where the freedom
1: comes. You know, it's got to be operates. A well, I'm here. Yeah. And, and I love it. it. I'm doing this. Exactly. And the company still runs and I'm always looking at it from a distance. Like yeah. I always say, I'm looking, I'm on Mars looking at Earth, mm-hmm. the different volcanoes and the hurricane mm-hmm. is where I could dive in and try mm-hmm. to see what's going on. But, I'm a big fan of the system. Yes. The system dictates the outcome. It output. has to be that. it dictates all the people. I'm like, the system found the people. The ride along force, the background check, the, check <laughs> the the dinner. I think one of the biggest things that I've learned is getting the, the whole family involved with hiring. You know, we celebrate yeah. all these things when people retire. Uh-huh. Why not celebrate when you
0: start working? Right on. That's smart, see? It's like,
1: yeah. But uh, what are some of the best books that you recommend? Give me three books that okay. I like change Every way you look at marketing. Yeah. So that was one e I think,
0: baseline. Oh yeah, got to read that. I think Robert Cialdini's Influence Influence book, and persuasion. we'll count that as one book. Read both of those. Amazing. Yes. Okay, let me go something you probably hadn't thought of. There's a book called, How to Argue and Win Every Time by Jerry Spence. And that was a, uh, it's a phenomenal book. We're good. Yeah. What's his name? Uh, Jerry Spence. He's an Jerry attorney, Spence. never lost a case. He was a high profile attorney. You probably saw him you know, on CNN. he me be one a more. legal analyst. I love this. Give okay, me one, you want one more. One more than no one knows about. Okay, one more than no one knows no. about? Okay, let me think here. I think uh, the one-to-one future it was written in 1996, Don Peppers, Martha Rogers, and it outlined what seemed like futuristic thing at the time. Because it was just at the very beginning of the internet. And now all of the things that he talked about are super easy to execute now. And it's talking about taking these, looking at
1: each relationship as the opportunity that it is. Yep. I think that's a really good one. And if someone wants to reach out to you, what's the best way to do it?
0: So deanjackson.com is probably the easiest place. It's got everything that I do. Right. Um, in one, show Polish and I've got 400 something episodes of I Love Marketing podcast. And that's at I ilovemarketing.com.
1: <laughs> yep. We do still new episodes every month. Love it. And we talked about a lot of stuff here. So I'm going to let you close us out on a final thought that maybe we're going to discuss. Okay. I think, yeah. I think you really be like a thought for you oh, or just, for any, just for, the for idea, anybody, you know, I think just, yeah, maybe a go-to where this is your best advice or yeah, best advice for a business. I think that's my best advice
0: is to think about your business. What would it look like if you broke it into three units and had somebody as a driver of each of those? Any one of them is a pretty simple business. If all you had to do is find people and do the marketing and get people who want to do what you do, that's a pretty easy business. If all you had to do was serve the people that want the stuff, that's a pretty easy business. But where the real leverage, real asset, the real unique, only the you opportunity is your after unit. And orchestrating referrals, nurturing lifetime relationships, putting somebody in charge of making sure that even if they don't get that floor done right now or get the storage right now, that
1: sometime in the next hundred weeks, that's going to happen. I love that. Yeah. There's so many opportunities that yeah. we're not taking advantage of. Dean, yeah. I let's get awesome. some dinner, brother. Yeah, that was great. All Thanks. Right. Hey there,
2: thanks for tuning into the podcast today. Before I let you go, I want to let everybody know that Elevate is out and ready to buy. I can share with you how I attracted a winning team of over 700 employees in over 20 states. The insights in this book are powerful and can be applied to any business or organization. It's a real game changer for anyone looking to build and develop a high performing team, like over here at A1 Garage Door Service. So if you want to learn the secrets that helped me transfer my team from stealing the toilet paper to a group of 700 plus employees rowing in the same direction, head over to elevateandwin.com forward slash podcast and grab a copy of the book. Thanks again for listening and we'll catch up with you next time on the podcast.